Sporting dog adventures run, that boy, run. That was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Saki dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller, and we have a good episode today. We are going to have a training type of episode for what has been quite a lot of the same questions that I've been getting on social media. So the title of this one is a little long. It's My Dog is Vocal, My Dog Breaks, My Dog is Out of Control. Now, I didn't get that question from each person but parts of those questions and it was it's something we've covered in the past but i thought you know what this is something that probably every year around this time we should talk about and what i try to do is explain to people that when your dog is having all of these issues vocality they're breaking or they're just plain out of control you need to make sure you're fixing this in training and not in the field now, yes, you're going to reinforce stuff in the field, but it's going to be really hard when the excitement level is jacked to about 12 out of 10 to train in the field. And you're going to be preoccupied anyway because you're trying to hunt. So you have to get your dog out and work with them and train with them. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't hunt your dog that year, but you want to get a handle on it before you take them out back hunting. It's something that is very common. Hunting season is so short. We want to be out there. We want to be with our dogs and we want to have them in a position where we can enjoy hunting with them. And people will just take their dogs out again and again and again. And what happens is the problem just gets worse or stays the same. But the longer that a dog is allowed to do this and it becomes habit, the harder it's going to be to fix. The first thing we'll talk about is vocality, vocalness. Your dog is barking, whining. This is two things. All dogs that are bred for hunting will have an element of drive, which means they love to do their job. You can have dogs that are really you call them a whole lot of dog. They're really high end, really high drive dogs. They are so fun to run, but they also have their challenges and that is keeping them under control. They want to go out. They want to plow around. They want to do everything in the field, but we have to make sure that they're under control when we take them out. And that starts with having them stay and having them not be vocal. Now, Having a vocal dog is something that I'll tell you part of it could also be that it is genetic. I had a line of Labrador retrievers that are kennel Saki Acres retrievers that I stopped breeding because the mom that started that line, we have our different lines. They all have uh, different middle names. This was the Maddie Lou line. So this was the Lou line. And Maddie was a dog that was just geeked on gear. She had a high gear like no other. 
She would run through a collar. She also was incredibly, incredibly vocal. So after watching her and training her and fixing her and then having her go back to where she was vocal and fixing her and go back, back and forth, I just looked at it and I'm like, this is the type of dog that is too high drive and vocal for a client when I'm struggling with her as a professional. So we ended that line <clears throat> because we just looked at it and went, we can do better for our clients than to have a line that is vocal and tell them, hey, this is only going to be a dog you can do upland with. I had had a female out of her, her name was Addie, and Addie would bark and howl in the same cadence as her mother. You couldn't even tell them apart. So it was something where I'm looking at them going, I'm newer in dog training and dog, uh, dog breeding. And I'm like, man, this is a trait I don't want to pass down. Now, this could be something that could be passed on if you had someone that was inexperienced or there's some people that just don't care. They want to put a dog out that is just geeked. They are shaking. They're like rockets, but they're also vocal. It's why you want to talk to someone about what they breed for so that you make sure you don't end up, end up in that position and give yourself the best chance for success. Now, you can have dogs that also probably the majority of dogs, including Maddie even, the majority of dogs, vocality is created by the handler because you're going out, you're being a hunter and not a handler first. By that, I mean, you are not getting that dog in a position so that they're quiet. Now, there's different ways that you can correct a dog that's vocal. First, you want to have them in training. You start out where you're doing your stuff simple, where they're seated at seated at heel. You're releasing them on their name to do their retrieves. They're coming back. They're finishing. They're coming back into heel. They're sitting. You get your obedience spot on. A lot of times dogs won't get vocal, but if they do during this, you fix it. You tell them no quiet. You can grab their muzzle. You can grab them by the scruff and kind of shake them and tell them quiet. You can nick them with the collar. One thing you have to look at is what will work. <laughs> How can you make this better? With a percentage of the dogs, you're going to have where a collar will make it worse because you have a dog that's so excited. And you can imagine they're at this point where they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so excited, so excited. And then you nick them with the collar and they're like, ah, because they're up here. And then you put them even higher. You want to make sure that the dog understands the correction, understands when they're getting corrected, why they're getting corrected. And then you have to give them positive reinforcement when they're being quiet. So again, handler first. Take your dog out, work with them at heel, then work with your dog out of a holding blind. And eventually, if you've got a dog that's showing vocal traits, take the dog out into the marsh or on the lake or off your boat, set up like you're hunting, take a gun along, call on your duck call, build up to this, but get to that point where you're doing all of this stuff and you're correcting the dog at the same time. Now, your best bet is no matter what, when you start adding in gunfire, you start adding in calling to have someone with you so that you can correct the dog and just be attentive to the dog. When I am working on things with dogs and training, just retired from gun dog training, but I would throw a bumper. I would never even see where the bumper landed because I am looking at the dog, making sure my focus is on the dog and that the dog is not doing anything that I'm going to correct them for. Vocality, braking, even, even sliding forward a little bit. 
you want to make sure that everything's under control. So get to that point where you're using a muzzle squeeze, telling them quiet. You're nicking them with the collar, telling them quiet. But also remember when they are being quiet, tell them good dog, good. Don't let yourself get raised up because if you start yelling, the dog's going to yell with you. Keep yourself at a monotone, calm level. Also on your praise because high drive dogs, if you get too excited, they'll jump up and they'll do something you have to correct them on. But put them in this position where you're going to work with them and get them so that they are successful in the field. But remember, you have to have them there before you take them back out to the field when you have a problem like this. So fix it at home. If it's during hunting season, take them out during the week and work with them. Take them out, see where they're at after you have the dog, what you think is fixed well. But if you're going out hunting with the dog, the first few times that you have them out, once you have worked with them, you wanna make sure that you're not worried about hunting. Don't even take a gun, work with the dog, make sure they're under control, make sure that they're being successful. So I hope that helps on that part. Next up, I wanted to talk about My Dog Breaks. We had a TV show for nine years. Breaking was an issue that we would have with our dogs on the show because quite honestly, running a hunting TV show and having everyone to manage and my kids and sponsors and guides and everyone there, about the last thing I could be was a handler. And then you needed to make sure that you were taking birds and it wasn't where the dog broke and you wouldn't shoot, you just call the dog back in. You had to get birds. So you would be in the position where it wasn't optimal for training. Also, I would go on about 14 trips a year. The dogs would get really loose. Every year I would have to come back, work with the dogs, work them on their steadiness, work with them on making sure that they are steady to shot, steady to release. And it was something that I rightly was given crap about on social media uh, for people that watched our show because occasionally our dogs would break. And it was something I never hid from. I still don't hide from it. Unless you have done that where you're filming, you would not understand the amount of complexity and the amount of, my goodness, you got to have your brain going in 15 different directions. But now that I'm not doing that anymore, and when I'm talking to clients that I've worked with their dogs, it's just explaining, be fully attentive on the dog and the dog only. It is something that I have dogs that have went through training. Ace was qualified all age, master hunter, finished title. He's got a grand pass. First hunt out, he broke. Again, hunting and training are two different things. You want to make sure you're, you're correcting them when they go out. And what I do is I will give them one chance where I nick them with the collar until I'm here. But ultimately, if they're going to run through that collar and run through it, I'm going to hold it on constant until they turn to come back. When they turn here, 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 you're calling them in, calling them in. If they decide they're still going to go right back on the collar, here, here, here. When they turn to come back, bring them back in, sit them. I will make a dog sit for at least a minute before I'll send him back out again. And there's multiple reasons for this. Even when I'm doing my training, when I'm releasing on retrieves, I will make sure that the dogs are sent at different cadences. You don't want a dog that will get to the point where they know that you're going to release them on what would be a three count, you know, birds down one, two, three, send the dog. <clears throat> you want to send them at varying times because during hunts, there are times when you will shoot birds, birds are on the water, more birds are working. 
you have your dog sit. You don't want your dog out there. Breaking is one of the most dangerous things that you can have with dogs, especially if you're hunting out of uh, layout blinds. You want to make sure that the dog does not run out and get and get shot. I mean, we had a guy that we hunted with one time that his dog broke. My goodness, I had the damnedest time with my own dog because here, you know, I'm telling you, my dogs get loose. His dog would just break. A month after we filmed with him, he sent me the sad message that his dog was shot and killed. And the dog was running out. There was a snowdrift. The dog jumped up on the snowdrift, jumped, and was at bird level. It is a dangerous thing. You want to get it so that it's fixed, so that you have it, so that your dog can be happy and safe in the field. So again, if you have breaking issues, work with the dog at home. Make it so that you're working at a training level where the dog's at heel and you're throwing stuff all the way to where you're taking them out like it's hunting, throwing decoys out, having people talking, blowing dog calls, shooting, throwing out a dead bird or a, a bumper, making the dog sit there until you release them. You'll thank yourself for that and you won't have to be one of those people that deals with that sad story of losing their dog because they ran past someone that was trying to harvest a bird. So my dog breaks. Now my dog is completely out of control. I had one hunt I still remember fondly in Wisconsin. It was uh, with, all, with uh, my boy uh, uh, Cole who passed away and my son Clayton. And we were out, it was opening weekend, we're hunting, we're doing well. And we kept having this dog that would run over by us and flare our birds because the people that were hunting it was at least a quarter mile away. They weren't sitting right next to us. We had both had our own pools we we're sitting on, but their dog was just out of control and they would scream. And I think the dog's name was damn it. Cause that's all they kept saying. Probably not, but they just kept yelling for the dog, but then their dog would come over by us and somehow they didn't have a problem with it. It got to a point where after a couple of volleys of birds that they got that we didn't because their dog was over by our decoys. I walked over and I'm in the water and they're like, Hey, you're ruining our hunt. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're ruining ours. Get your dog under control. Have your dog so that they're collar trained. Have your dog so they're whistle trained. You don't need to yell at a dog. Whistle training is easy. Beep, beep, beep. Three beeps is here. Use it in conjunction with your hear command for a week or so. And then eventually you can just go to the whistle. The dog will understand it. Have your dog through e-collar training. Have them so that they, are, uh, they, they go through e-collar introduction and conditioning and then get to the point where you're using it for your reinforcement of commands. And then if the dog does run out and isn't listening, you can just beep, 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 dog doesn't come, hit the collar, beep, beep, beep at the same time. Use it, have your dog under control. You will have so much more fun in the field when your dogs are listening and under control than you are when it's just a headache. You don't wanna put yourself in a position where you're struggling and you are trying to get the dogs to behave because it just takes away from your fun as a hunter. So long story short, fix training problems and training. Be a handler first, not a hunter first, and work with your dogs even after they're through training. Every year during the off season, take them out, revisit your obedience, revisit your control, revisit things that you struggled with the year before. So I hope that helps for this part of the show.
If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with Dogs in the Field. Hey, welcome back to the show. Figured we would talk now about why hunting is so important when you have a trained dog and why training is so important when you're taking your dog hunting. We obviously hit on that before, but I thought, hey, why not pound the point home? You want to have your dog under control. When you have people that say they're going to take their dog out hunting and they're going to get birds and work with them, you first have to work on obedience. Half of your gun dog training or two thirds of your gun dog training is going to be strictly obedience. Making sure a dog heals properly, making sure a dog comes when called, making sure a dog sits when told to sit, making sure a dog uh, does not release for a retrieve until released upon by you with their name. And you want to make sure that you have this stuff set so that the dog is successful and you are happy in the field. There is nothing better than having that finely tuned animal that will run out there and do everything and listen. I will have people argue that you don't need that stuff done. And I tell people, you know what? Work with your dog. They won't disappoint you. We have such low standards for our animals in the field and they have such high ability if they're well-bred. You can have a dog that will look so cool. Everyone will compliment you on it. And it will be something that would be almost like your kid hitting a home run in a baseball field or in a baseball game when they're little. It is a pride thing when your dog is performing at a high level and you're enjoying them in the field. Work with your dog, work on training, start your gun dog training after six months old. Do not hunt your dogs before they're through gun dog training. You will thank yourself for it. Next up, I wanted to talk about why you should use a whistle during your upland hunting. All that and more coming up after this. Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Hey, welcome back to the show. We've all been out upland training. We've all, if we haven't had a dog that was uh, fully trained properly, have gone hoarse yelling at said dog. We've all seen that dog that will go over the hill looking like Little House in the Prairie. I'm probably dating myself where Laura Ingalls Wilder runs down the hill and goes over the hill. I've seen dogs do that as you see the birds continue to fly up. What's the easiest way to get your dog to listen? One, having your dog trained so that they come back, e-collar training for reinforcement, but two, using a whistle. Whistle training is something that is easy to do. 
makes your hunt more enjoyable, saves your voice, and honestly saves your level of irritation too. You don't have to yell for your dog and you can just beep, 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 hit the whistle. You can have it where they come back. Now, whistle training to do it is easy. You just have it chain or coincide with a verbal command. And it is something that works really well. The one thing I've used whistle training for in the past of my dogs before I had TV was when I would upland hunt, I would hit the whistle for one whistle sit, which means the dog sits when you, when you blow the whistle. And I would use it when the dog was trailing a bird. I'd beep, sit the whistle. My dog Lily would sit. We'd walk up once we got back where we were well within range, release her, hunt them up. She would go back, back after the bird. It really helps when you get those birds that are trucking down a straight line, whether it's a, uh, a trail or where, uh, gosh, in, in we had that one time we hunted, it was where the, uh, the weed sprayers went. And my gosh, those birds would get on that tire track and they would just haul. If you didn't get on the dog and stop her, she would have kept going and blown that bird up in the air, probably at about 150 yards. The only other option would have been running behind her. If you find someone that runs after their dogs, I will show you someone that is not safe to hunt with. So you wanna make sure that your dogs are well-trained. Using a whistle makes it so much more enjoyable for you. No more yelling, no more losing your voice, having your dog completely under control. You also have no doubt the dog can hear you. So that would be my hunting tip for you today. I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. It is a joy to bring our show to you. Thank you so much for being part of one of the most successful dog podcasts out there today. Thank you so much. Have a great week. God bless. Sporting dog adventures run.